Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. I want to talk to us. I want us to dig into the Word and, and uh, look at this idea of love, the Scripture's revelation of what love is. And, and uh, I want us really to walk out of this this month changed in our love and perception of other people in the world. And uh, I'm sitting down there and um, just thinking about, man, what is it about um, my posture or our posture as a church? What is the vibe that, that we have here? And what, what is a, 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 the unique kind of angle um, that drives me this way? And I really, I grew up, as you guys know, um, a poor kid in, in inner city. And um, I've just grown in, in life. I've seen different styles and different types of people. And I, as I grew in my socioeconomic status and as I grew in my education and as we um, had more means available to us, I really started to see that there are people that are all about the information of love and people that are about the application. They don't have to compete. But sometimes we can find ourselves letting them compete. And so part of what a series is to have both come together and and really marry. And so what I pray that will happen over the course of this month is that we will allow those two to, to marry together, meaning that, that if you're all about application and we can look in your life and it's like, man, you are just loving the world around you and you're loving others and you're loving Jesus and like it, it's there, but maybe the information, maybe the understanding of the motives and the whys will jump off the scriptures pages and, and you'll download that into your heart. And so there'll be a growth this month of, of biblical information. But then there's also a group in the room that may say, you know, at the end of this month, uh, I have a lot of biblical information. I I could tell you all about how to love, and I could tell you where love comes from and why, and that part of it doesn't really move me too much. I kind of know. But when you look at my life, if you download my calendar, if you look at my checkbook, if you see where I spend my time and my energy, if you were to hear my prayer life, maybe you wouldn't find as much love there for others. The scriptures tell us that the world is going to know us by our love. And so it's so important for us as Christians to get love right. There's an expression that information without application is an abomination. Or you might say information without application is void of transformation. Meaning if if the scriptures don't move me to, to be a different human, to be a redeemed human and to live that out as my day-to-day walk, then the information I downloaded really doesn't matter at all. Uh, I have uh, an undergrad in, in law. I was headed to law school. That was my game plan. Get this government degree and then go in, into law. Um, but there's a lot of information that I ne- don't necessarily use in everyday application. There's a ton of information now that I have in terms of an education or a degree that don't get used on a day-to-day basis. And so it's big deal. Like you, you downloaded it. You, you got a certificate. You got a degree. But if you're not applying it, if you're not using those things in day-to-day life, what good is it for? 
And, and many of us, we are blessed, we are educated beyond our obedience. And when it comes to love, God's told us, hey, Tali, the world's going to know you by your love. Do they see it? No, but I have it. I know it. It doesn't. No. Do they see it? Is it lived out? And one of the things that I do love about you as a church and us as a church is, is that I, I, I look and I'm like, man, from, from East Baltimore to Dundalk to Kenya to the seniors um, home um, to, to folks that come in and out of this church. One thing that's consistent is that you guys are committed to love. You're committing to loving the world around you. You're committing to loving God and as an overflow, loving others. And I want to encourage us in this month to really be about that, to, to really say, you know what, I, I want all this information to change me so that I might be able to be a part of the change in the world. I'm going to read, we're going to um, walk through this month, First uh, John chapter 4. The first six verses deal with testing the spirits and truth and falsehoods. And so I'm going to read them. I'm not wanting to, to jump all over, but then I want to slow down and spend each of the next couple of weeks on the following verses. But it's not on your screen. It's on your app. If you have the Bible app, you can always find our notes there. But, uh, or you could just open up your printed Bible, which would be awesome. 1 John chapter 4 says this in verse 1. Do not, brothers, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits and see whether or not they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now in the world already. Little children, you are, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We're from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. But this we know, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And, and so it, we're setting up this whole chapter, and it's this idea that, you know what, there's lots of false prophets, but, but, but the, the reality is, is that Christ is that anchor of truth. And then it's out of that anchor of truth of who Christ is, the believing in Jesus and who he says he is, that he is God sent from heaven in the flesh called Jesus, lived a perfect life, died a voluntary atoning death for you on the cross so that your sins would be washed away and you would be redeemed. You'd be made right with the Father in heaven. And then it goes into this whole treatise on love. So the idea is that Christ is the foundation for all of that. And, and, and that if you, if you don't have Christ, if you don't know Christ, you don't fully have love. Now what you might have is, is emotional outpouring. You might have the very best that the flesh can do. But the scriptures declare that Jesus Christ and his love for us is the foundation of any love we could give away. And so right at the beginning, we have Christ as the cornerstone. Christ is the foundation. And then we walk in, and I'm going to break these down as we walk through. But verse 7 says this. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. 
If you're jotting notes, you might write this down. The defining feature of the Christian is love. The defining feature of the Christian is love. Greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And love your neighbor, Jesus said. And love your neighbor. He added that. And love your neighbor, what? As yourself. Greatest commandment. Some of the law and the prophets. Everything. All the information. What is all the information all about? It's to love God with everything you got and love everybody else around you as yourself. And that becomes the defining mark of what is a Christian. How do I know if a life has been transformed? How do I know that your life has been changed? It's you love God with everything you've got. And, and out of that, that overflow of the love that you have for God because of God's love for you, out of that overflow, you love. I love. So who do you love? James 1-2 is a reminder that do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, my brothers, but do what it says. I really believe that the world is rightly so. We're in a season in, in Western church where the world is looking and saying, what good are all these churches? What good is it? And you know, that's a shame on us. It's a shame on us. Because we're the defining mark of who we are as Christians is being allowed to be all these other things that at the end of the day are not what God told us would be the defining mark of who we are. Love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. We should be doing the defining mark of being a Christian. We should be putting love into action. And if we're not, this is the real serious danger. Either we're disobedient to our God who died for us, or we don't know Him yet. Because the defining mark of what it means to be a Christian is to lay yourself down. To lift up another. Philippians 2 says, take on the mind of Christ. Take on the mindset. Take on the thought patterns of Jesus who came down from heaven, submitted himself to this world. To, to, to love the people around him, but not just do that. To die a sacrificial and atoning death, but not just any death. Death in the worst way imaginable at the time, death on the cross, be executed. And that's the mindset that we're to take on. And so, so the, the danger, my friends, is that the world looks and just says, what good are the churches? And every single day you could open up uh, LoopNet or CoStar. You can look, look at, at churches that are being sold. And, and the realtors are saying, you know what? These would make great apartments. These would make great apartments. This, this would be a great loft space. There's, a, there's downtown in Mount Washington, there is a brew pub being opened up. Three million dollars have been invested into a, a church building to open up a pub inside of it. Because the world looks and just says, what good is this faith you guys have? And we say, well, I... I declare, I know, I think, I believe, I, you should do this, we should do that, the government should do this, and the government should do that. And, and, and they just go, ugh. 
But man, the scriptures say, God's love, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. I, um, I was talking to my kids this last week and uh, here's a picture of something we were, we were talking about. We were talking about the fact that the, the money in our pocket, there could be counterfeits. And the counterfeits could look really close. The, the counterfeits can look good. I mean, the counterfeits, you, 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 you can print them and run them through. But, but when you're trying to spot a counterfeit, you need to know what the real thing looks like. You don't ask how close does it look. You don't ask what does the outside look like. You, you don't ask those things. What you, what you ask is you say, man, are there, are there the, the microprinting? Look at the face. Do you see the signatures? Can you hold it up? One of the things that I showed my kids is you, you can hold it up and see the strip through the middle. And, and as I'm reading, love is the strip through the middle. Love is the truth. You, you can hold it up. And, and on the outside, the printing says all the right stuff. But Jesus described the, 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 the law bringers of his day. And he said, you're whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful on the outside. Gorgeous, clean. But a tomb just carries death inside. And, and so what is the strip? What is the defining feature? What is the identification that says, I have met Jesus? It says that my life is laid down like my Jesus, and I'm lifting up and loving on the lives all around me like Jesus. And so one of the, the values that I have about diversity, it comes exactly from that. Diversity of socioeconomics, diversity of race, diversity of backgrounds, diversity of what, what views you have, diversity of political parties is completely not only cool with me, but I welcome and want that. If we just allow ourselves to be, to be sectioned off into silos, then that means we're saying that if we can just pile a bunch of Christians in one spot, then that's going to be the best advancement of the gospel in the world. That is the, actually the opposite of what advances the gospel. What advances the gospel is that everybody is from different spaces and places and, and, and parts of the world and we're far flung. We come together and we meet. And the reason that we meet and the, the beauty of the room when you look around and you talk to people and you're like, well, I'm not really like that. Well, good. Good. I hope that you look around and you go, man, I don't think I'd hang out with them at a dinner party. Now, now maybe they're a jerk. Now, hopefully they're not a jerk. They're a jerk, shoot me an email. But it might just be, ah, we're just a little different. They like that music. They, they like that thing. They, this is what they do with their downtime. I'm not kind of into that. And that's cool. But then when we leave, we're united under Christ. We're united in love. We're united under the gospel. But then when we leave, and then when we go out into our spaces and places, then when we go out into our groupings, then when we go out into the relationship settings that we have, then it's there that we spread the gospel. But we do it through and because of love. Love is from God. I'm 
two marks of the Christian. Obedience and love. Obedience and love are really the two marks of the Christian. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Genuine love. Verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. God gives his love to us to give his love through us. God gives his love to us to give his love through us. The reality is anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. There is no such thing as the unloving Christian. What you may have is a person who claims the name of Christ, but denies the power of Christ in their own life. There is no such thing as an unloving Christian. It's an oxymoron. It's, it's oil and water. It doesn't mix. And so you and I, we've got to understand that, hold on, as a Christian, the very fact that I'm claiming his name means that I claim the, the, who he is. Who he is is love. And he says that he seals me. Not only does he save me, but the Spirit of God seals me and takes up residency and lives. And, and if I'm surrendered to him, he lives, God lives, and moves and have his being in my life. And so what it looks like is I will take time and energy to give away love. Not love like emotion, and we'll get that in a second. Not love that I make up. But I'm talking about the love of God. I will give that away if I am a Christian. God gives his love to us to give his love through us. We're not built to be spiritual silos. Because God is love and we are in him. We love. Now the caution. As I was looking through the, the text, I was like, you know, what is it that people get confused about? Well, God is love. God is love. God is love. God is love. And you see it constantly. It's pervasive in almost every argument that people want to make about things and behaviors and actions and activities. God is love, but love is not God. God is love, but love is not God. And it's so important that we, you break that down and, and you, you spend some time with it. Because God is love. That means that the, the definition, that means if, if there's a dictionary of what love is, it is God. He is the standard. He's the parameter. He's the definer. He's the originator. He is the one that, that loves you. We love because he what first loved us. He is the foundation. He's the standard bearer. He's the flag where of love. So God is love. But love, as you and I might define it, is not God. We're not to be worshiping the emotional connection I have with another person. And what happens when you worship that emotional connection you have with another person? This idea we say, well, I'm, I'm in love with them. And what happens? You've seen it. You've felt it. When you worship that and then that goes away and that that fails you, you've, we've made a God out of that. Sometimes, many times, 
people will not be honest with someone who is hurting themselves because they say, I don't want to lose that relationship. Well, my friend, if you're not being honest with someone because you're worried about losing the relationship, that means that you actually value the connective tissue between you more than you value the person on the other side. And so we sometimes can worship love as though that is God. No, my friends, God is love. God is the standard by which we measure everything. God is the plumb line. But love itself between people or the emotional infatuations or the ideas, that, that itself is not God. We're to not worship that. We're to worship Christ. But it's living out of that overflow of what Christ has done for you and to you and for you and what he wants to do through you. That is love. God is love. But love is not God. We don't worship an idea or emotion. We worship a person, Jesus. But without a standard, we fall into situational ethics. If we don't have a standard for what love is, if we can't look and just go, okay, God is love. Let me get to know God. Here's the beautiful thing. I talked earlier about information and application, and they're not enemies, but people sometimes think they are. Here's the thing. I need to get to know God so I can understand love. And so as I'm diving in and understanding the beauty of who God is, I'm learning more and more about what true love is. And so that I can take that out into the world. And so my understanding, my information, it flows into and it should inform my application. But, in this world today, right now, there are people on this planet who will call abuse love. Right now. And God forbid, it may be in some homes. You may have a traumatic experience in your life because someone thought that the way they were treating you was loving. And this is the danger of not having a standard about love because people will say in the name of love, I can do some pretty terrible things. Some people call manipulation loving. Well, I had to do it. I'm just doing it for them. That's not love. Even some cultures and some places. Mutilation. There are some people that stand on the idea of physical mutilation as being a loving thing to do. It's why it's so important that we, we, we separate this idea. God is love, but love is not God. We've got to get to know God. And as we get to know God, we understand love. And then it's out of those understandings that we can love the world in a proper way. In this, the love of God was made manifest in us. That God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. To learn what love is, we must learn who love is. 
You see, love was made manifest. Love was made visible. Because God is love, God revealed himself. Love doesn't hold back. Love doesn't hide. Love doesn't uh, let you just spin and try to figure things out. Love reveals. And so God revealed himself to his people. And he walked around and he took care of people and he, he, he uh, protected people. And he saved his greatest rebuke for those people that felt like that they had the ultimate authority over everyone else. And they were actually using their intellectual understanding of, of God and the law in order to put other people down and to hurt other people and to build posh situations for themselves. Now that doesn't happen anymore, of course. That's a joke. But for each one of us, we've got to ask ourselves, if love has been made manifest in Jesus, love is revealed, love took on flesh, love lived and walked and moved among us. And if I want to be marked, and I want to understand that I'm marked already with this idea of love, if I've surrendered my life to Christ, then just as earlier I said, you know, information without application. But application without information is also an abomination. It's just as bad if we walk around blindly and everything we do, we just say, yup, that was loving, that was loving, that was loving, that was loving. But no, rather we go back and we say, hold on, love has already been made manifest. If I want to learn how to love, I need to follow Jesus. I need to understand Jesus. I, I need to see what, what Jesus did when he came across people. And do you know in Scripture, in almost every situation I've ever seen, I think everyone, I'm just being nice, you can look at Jesus and you can see in Jesus how he would handle it. And so it feels kind of trite to say, well, what would Jesus do? But the reality is, is that we do get to watch love manifest. We do get to take those cues. We do get to learn and understand. And so for you and for me, the question that we have to ask ourselves is, do I know love? <laughs> do I know the source of love? Do I know the purpose of love? Do I know the reason of love? Do I understand the radical nature of love? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We love because He first loved us. If we don't get that downloaded, if we don't understand that, it's going to be awfully hard to turn to somebody that doesn't look like us or doesn't think like us or has a whole different polity and idea of, of, of body politic. If, if, if we're not willing to download God, it's going to be awfully hard to love our neighbor as ourselves. You know what I've found, even among the Christian church? What a lot of people do, even here in Baltimore, is in order, Christians, in order to be able to say, I love my neighbor as myself, they segregate to find pockets of neighbors that look more like themselves. Because do you know how easy it is to love people that already agree with me? Do you know how easy it is to get in a pocket of people that remind me of me? 
that, that, that had backgrounds or experiences and they think the same way and they vote the same way and they wear similar style clothes and they shop in the same malls. Do you know how easy that is? But I believe that's an abomination to God for us to lie about what love is and say, yeah, I love people as myself. No, you only love people that are like yourself. And that is not very loving. Loving is when I reach out and I say, I have no clue why or how they think the way that they do. But I love them because I was a sinner and Christ died for me. I'm not even being asked to die for them. I'm just being asked to lower my pride for them. I'm just being asked to be in the same room and put my arms around and cheer for their victories and not get worked up or jealous when, when they win and I'm having a rough week. No, no, no. I just need, I just need to learn to, to, to reach outside my group. So I'm not impressed. Biblically, my theology informs this. I'm not very impressed if I can walk into a space and I can quickly understand why this pocket of people gathers. It doesn't impress me because it is so easy to love people that are already going to meet me 90% of the way. But can I love people that speak a different language can I, can I love people that speak maybe the same language English, but a different language because of where they grew up? Can I love people that have a different skin tone than I do? Can I love people that vote for a different politician than I will? Can I love people that, that, that have a disability? But it, and, and you know what? They're made just as much in God's image as I am. And how dare me shun them? Can I love? the way that God loves me. So my friends, my question to us this month is who do you love? And if you find yourself and you say, man, that's uncomfortable. That's challenging me. I, I, I feel like maybe I do have a circle that's it's in a, a particular comfortable place. Here's the thing, no judgment. I'm not out to hurt anybody. What I'm out for, though, is for you to say, can we be honest before God and ask him, Lord, who is it that I love? Who is it that I connect with? Who is it that I associate with? And, and who is it will I put myself around intentionally? Who is it that I will try to understand better? Who is it that I will get this, get this, get this, learn from? I could go on for hours that even in the theological world. Most of the school of thought in the white American church is to read a bunch of dead white guys. As if God is not speaking, God is not talking, God has not been working for, for centuries all around the world. Nope. Only through this vein of European dead guys. And it's a travesty. Who do I love? The defining feature of the Christian is to love. Love is given to be given. To learn what love is, I must learn who love is. And as I understand 
Jesus and his love for me, I will no doubt reflect that in my love for others. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do I need them to meet me here? Or will I be willing to go into their space? I pray that we would all be vulnerable enough. We are in a, a, a beautiful church where you could find somebody in this room that really steps on your anticipations and expectations of, of, of who they are. But if you will do your part and say, I'll be uncomfortable for a while. It must not have been very comfortable for Jesus to come into the planet and look around and see death and misery and sin everywhere. But he did it out of love. And then he says, hey, follow me. Do what I did. A servant is not greater than his master. And so if you and I will go and say, Lord, open my eyes. Help me to, 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 to care about the senior citizen. Help me to care about the inner city child. Help me to care about the prostitute. Help me to care about the homeless. Help me to care about this racial group over here that I, I don't really have much relationship with. Help me to care about the Democrat. Help me to care about the Republican. Help me to care about the people that just drive me crazy. Because God, that's the defining mark of what it means to be a Christian. And I might have been playing it safe by loving others the way I want to be loved, but they already looked like me. So Father, who do I love? Help me to love them the way you do. Let's pray.